Welcome to Inside the Pages, presented by Cornerstone Apostolic Church, located at 524 East Pasadena Street in the city of Pomona. Sunday praise and worship begins at 9 a.m., Tuesday Bible study at 7 p.m. Thursday's Men Focus, that's a discussion group you can join in. Certainly want to encourage you to call in or comment in uh, on Saturdays. At 11.30 p.m., you'll find us on KKLA.com or 99.5 FM on your radio dial. We believe the Bible is the Word of God. Therefore, we are faithful. We are bold. We believe the best way to face opposition is by obedience to the Word of God. The Bible says, and they continued daily with one accord in the temple and breaking bread from house to house, did eat their meat with gladness and singleness of heart, praising God and having favor with all the people. And the Lord added to the church daily such as should be saved. Certainly again, want to thank you for joining the online service and those that are present, those that are on their way, you know, you can find us on iHeartRadio, uh, Apple Play, and Amazon, just to name a few. Uh, you know, this is the second day of August. If you're looking for a church home, if you're looking for growth ministry, we want to invite you to join us and uh, be blessed with us as we honor God for who he is. Sovereign God. There's none like him. There's no one greater than our God. And so uh, if you're in the Moreno Valley, San Bernardino, Riverside, LA County area, we're centrally located, you know, and it's about the Lord. It's about the Lord. You know, I talked about on Sunday, it's being all churched out. I, I'm not about tradition. I'm about Jesus. Not about the the just churched, you know, uh, creating a, a clubhouse. No, it's about Jesus. It's not about being all religious and spiritual. It's about Jesus. He said, if you love me, keep my commandments. That's what he's looking. The Bible said he's, uh, he's looking for those that, that worship in spirit and in truth. So it's not about those things that I mentioned, it's about Jesus. Have you tried Jesus? I'm gonna keep emphasizing that because so many people are uh, are being spiritual, they're being religious, they, uh, they're, they're walking around with all these cliches and hand-me-downs that's been given to them. Well, my mother, my father, my, my auntie, my aunt and uncle, you know, they went to this church and I'm gonna just keep going here, but your soul is not being fed, your soul is not being you want to be saved. You want to be saved. And so again, have you tried Jesus?
October is, is quickly approaching. The Lord say the same and on October 6th, 7th, and 9th is our leadership conference in, in the city of Monrovia. We'll have more information, but we're going to have some dynamic teaching that's going on as well as on that 9th, our ordination service uh, for those that are receiving license. And so want to invite you to come out and join us. We'll have more information coming up regarding that. We're in the book of Revelation, uh, which, uh, and so we're touching what is referred to as the law of particularization, moving from the general to the particulars. You know, there are three areas, that is the universe, earth, and man, and uh, we have we are touching the creation and the uh, principle, the principle person who is the cause of all things and the designing mind behind everything. And so, those that say it's a big bang theory, it, it still it was there was no big bang without God. Uh, you know, if it was just microscopic, you know, uh, atoms and neutrons, it's it, it still nothing exists without him. The Bible is very clear on that, that without him, there was not anything made that was made. And that was the word of God. And we see him in the form of Jesus Christ dying for the remission of sin. The Bible said where there is no shedding of blood, there is no remission of sin. We're going on in the book of Genesis this evening. The book of Genesis. I solicit your prayers as I am certainly praying for you. And matter of fact, let's let's just pray right now. Father, in the name of Jesus, we thank you, Lord, for your goodness and grace. We thank you for a reasonable portion of health, giving us the activity of our limbs, presenting us with opportunities, Lord God, to, to speak your word, to read your word, and to live your word, to live in your word. Lord God, you've given a promise. You, you said that if we uh, if we keep your statutes, we'll live in them. Lord God, and so want to honor you and thank you for making, uh, giving us clarity, giving us understanding, exposing yourself to us, exposing your word to us, that we can live by your word. He said, man shall not live by bread alone, but every word that proceeded out of your mouth, Lord God. And so we're, we're hungry for you. We're thirsty for you, Lord God. And, and so we welcome your word. We welcome your presence, Lord. Lord Jesus, we, we just want to honor you by living a life that is pleasing in your sight. You said without holiness, no man shall see you, Lord God. And so we pray that you bless us to live holy. Lord God, to be found holy because of the blood that has been shed and our obedience to your word. We ask these blessings in the name of Jesus. Bless, Lord God, those on the sound of my voice. Lord God, I ask that you remember those that are sick, those that would be in service and can't because of ailment or some other restrictions. Lord God, but you're able to visit them right where they are, to sing your word. We ask these blessings in Jesus' name. Amen. Genesis, the, uh, I'm going to start reading uh, Genesis, the second chapter, uh, at the 25th verse, and then we're going to the third chapter. 
It says, they were both naked, the man and the woman, and were not ashamed. They were both naked and they were not ashamed. They didn't think anything strange about how they were clothed. Yes, they were clothed. They were naked. They were not ashamed. However, they were clothed. They were clothed. Uh, you know, before I before I step uh, any further into that, I, I need to wipe my glasses off. But um, how were they clothed? The, the scripture says they were both naked. So what were they covered? What was their covering since I'm saying that they were clothed? If you don't mind, just just comment that in. Just just comment, comment your thought. They were both naked. We know what it means to be naked. You know, it's a, it's a, I like watching, you know, kids, my children, when they were little, let me, let me clarify that so no one thinks anything else. But, you know, there's a freedom that children, when they're babies, they have because <laughs> they could fill their diaper up. And you take that diaper off and you turn around for a moment, they just slid off the bed and they're sprinting through the house, running around just as carefree. I, I don't know anyone of mine that did not do that. And they ran around, and then there was days that it was just too warm. And they ran around with nothing on. And so uh, they were, the, the children were, your, your little ones, and those of you that have children would know what I'm saying. They were not ashamed of their nakedness. They were not ashamed. They were both naked. And they were not ashamed. Husband, wise. Those in holy matrimony, you should not be ashamed of your nakedness. No, you, first of all, you're in holy matrimony. The Bible said he that finds a wife finds a good thing. I'm paraphrasing it a different way. You have a, a queen. And, and so it doesn't matter uh, how long you've been married. You know, one thing about the beauty of marriage is that you get to grow old, older, let me put it that way. You grow older together and you both sometimes go through a change, a physical change together. And the amazing part about it is that you look at your companion with the same eyes that and compassion that you looked at when you met in high school, after high school, in college, on the job, walking down the street, in the grocery store, wherever you met at. And they are still just as appealing as they were 20, 10, 
five years ago. And they were both naked, the man and his wife, and they were not ashamed. Now I see a comment that says they were unaware of their nakedness because this was before the, the bite. But my question was, what were, I said they were clothed. What were they clothed in? The first verse in the third chapter says, now the serpent was more subtle than any beast of the field which the Lord God had made. And he said unto the woman, yea, have God said ye shall not eat of the tree of the garden? And the woman said unto the serpent, we may eat of the fruit of the trees of the garden, but of the fruit of the tree, which is in uh, the midst of the garden, God has said, ye shall not eat of it. Neither shall you touch it, lest ye die. And the serpent said unto the woman, ye shall not surely die. For God know that in the day ye eat thereof, then your eyes shall be open, and ye shall be as gods, knowing good and evil. And when the woman saw the tree was good for food, and that it was pleasant to the eyes, and a tree to be desired to make one wise, she took of the fruit thereof, and did eat it, and gave also unto her husband with her, and he did eat. The eyes of them were open, and they knew they were naked, and they sewed fig leaves together and made themselves aprons. The serpent, the serpent sold the first one that responded some goods. The scripture, um, you know, you, you know what a serpent is. I, I don't have to identify a serpent. We we all know what serpents, uh, how to identify a serpent. We know rainbow is caused by the sunlight, illumination and atmospheric environment, those conditions. Someone may have told you as a child that there's a pot of gold at the end of the rainbow. And, and so when you saw a rainbow, maybe you was outside on your bicycle and you thought you was gonna ride to the end of the rainbow and you never arrived there. You, you, you may have hoped to get there and retrieve that pot of gold. It's like telling you it's a unicorn in the backyard or some other mystical creature. Now the serpent was more subtle than any beast of the field which the Lord God had made. And he said unto the woman, yea, have God said, uh, ye shall not eat of the tree of the garden. And the woman said unto the serpent, we may eat of the fruit of the tree of the garden. We, we can eat of the trees 
Now, this serpent says the serpent was, was more crafty, was more skilled than the other animals that the Lord had made. Now, I, I was watching nature program. I like having that on in the background while I'm sitting there programming and doing other stuff. And so I, I watched as uh, they showed a snake that he bit his prey. Certain uh, serpents bite their prey and allow them to run. And so they don't just bite them and then consume immediately. They, they let it run on uh, because in their bite, they planted uh, something uh, that serum and they can follow it. They can smell it. And so they'll follow it. They'll track it down and devour it later. So they're not concerned about it getting too far and, and they're going to track it down because they've planted a seed there. Others, other serpents overwhelmed their prey and smothered them, you know, squeezed the life out of them and consumed them in that moment. Before your life changed, before you became a follower of Christ, you may have experienced uh, this because you were a predator or maybe you were the prey. Maybe you've been both because there are super predators. But thank God today that you are neither. Now we're to be wise as a serpent. We're to be gentle as a dove and as wise as that serpent in our actions. So what stands out to me is something that um, that we've seen and have experienced in our lifetime, our little lives that we've had. And that is, he said, he said, uh, to me, this is where it begins. He said, she said, he said, she said, and we did it, whatever it was. He said, and, and or she said, and so here we we went there. Many of us have this story, and some of us have the evidence to prove it. Sometimes it's not an individual. It could be peer pressure. We, we may have experienced peer pressure. And we allowed it to get the best of us. And they said, and we went along with it. They did it. Were you ever told, you know, growing up, maybe your 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 mom, usually I heard this from my mother, uh, you know, or my older sister, you know, may have made the statement that, so what? If they jumped off the Brooklyn Bridge, would you jump too? If they went out and played in the streets while in traffic, would you go out and play too? In other words, why are you following that? peer pressure? Why are you allowing yourself to be victimized that way? Eve allowed the conversation to go too far and changed everything for herself, her life. Yes. You must ask yourself what Eve should have or could have done you know, it's easy to uh, 
you know, Monday quarterback of how you would have won the game, how you would have uh, ran the ball instead of passed it, how you would have did a quarterback sneak, you know, to get into the end zone or to get that first down. It's easy to say all that, you know, um, on Monday after the game was over, you know, you, you wasn't on the field, but, you know, it's easy to, to couch quarterback, you know, and say all of those things. So we can all speculate. We can all say what Eve should have done. But you need to ask yourself, what do you need to do? You're faced daily with a opposition. What do you need to do? What do you need to do when things are not going the way you think they should go? Maybe someone said something that that you disapproved of. Is it what they said or is it, or you know, that we say things rub us the wrong way or we say we had a challenging week and, and when we say it, we're thinking about an individual. I suggest to you that you remove the individual and look at the spirit behind it all. You know, you you hear you hear me reading this quite often. You hear me stating this quite often, and and, and that is, we believe the Bible is the Word of God, and, and so uh, we're faithful. We're bold. We believe the best way to face opposition is by obedience to the Word of God. Now, that's not a cliche. That's not a proclamation, you know, to uh, to make you feel blessed. It is what we do. It's a lifestyle. It's a lifestyle. Being faithful is a lifestyle. Being bold for and taking a stand for the Lord is a lifestyle. And facing opposition and obedience to the word of God, because we know that the Lord loves obedience better than sacrifice. What could Eve have done? Better yet, what is it that you need to do? What is it you can do when you're faced with um, he said? When you're faced with she said? I'm going to paint you a rainbow. I'm going to give you a bowl of Skittles for you to enjoy. Are you going to buy into that? Are you going to look at it and, and wonder how delicious it might taste? The third verse says, but of the fruit of the tree, which is in the midst of the garden, God has said, you shall not eat of it. Neither shall you touch it, lest you die. And the serpent said unto the woman, you, you're, not, you're not really going to die. I'm, I'm, let me throw everything else is said here. Let me throw a little doubt. There. Let me give you an uh, option. You're not really going to die. Do you really believe that? We know the Bible says the wages of sin is death. But do we believe that we're going to die if we commit that act? If we do that? I have to say that, that for the most part, the answer is no, because many still go on and commit that act. And they don't think that something has, there is a result, something, there's consequences to that behavior. 
something has occurred because of that action. Getting forgiveness does not erase the consequence of the behavior. We're not going to stay there. But forgiveness does not erase the consequence of the behavior. Whatsoever a man soweth, that shall he also reap. So if you sow in righteousness, you're going to reap righteousness. If you sow in unrighteousness, then you're going to reap that which you un, which has been sown in unrighteousness. God said, and he is still talking to us from Genesis to Revelation. He said, don't eat it. Don't touch it. You will die. Don't eat it. Don't eat that. It looks colorful. It looks very appealing. It's very attractive. Him, her, it, they don't do it. My grandson was doing a project for school a couple of years ago. And he called and said, he said, Papa, I need to talk with you. And he said, I, I have a project for school and I want to ask you some questions. And so he began to ask me the questions and and I thought about what he was asking me and I was answering him. And, and when we got to the end, he said, what would you tell your younger self? It wasn't hard for me to think of. My reply was, don't do it. Don't do it. And that covered, that's a big umbrella of don't do it. Don't go there. Don't follow them. Don't touch her. Don't allow them to touch you. Don't do it. Don't drink that. Don't smoke that. Don't do it. Don't do it. It looks good. It looks appealing. It looks very cold. Don't do it. Now, some people think the fruit was an apple. You've seen it maybe in the movies. Uh, I've heard people say they don't like apples because the apple was used in the Garden of Eden to, to see. Fruits, uh, apples are falsely presented as a bad thing. No one can prove that. No one has proved it. Matter of fact, to say that the apple was the cause of it all and, you know, was the fruit on the tree is no different than saying that the painting that people and the statues that people have of, of, uh, of Christ is identical to what he looked like. There is no, there were no Polaroids. There was nothing like that. There's no images and the descriptions that the, that the Bible do give of the ancient of days do not fit the drawings that we have. Neither does the apple. The apple. The fruit is only described as good. It looked good. Described as something that appealed uh, pleasant. Something that was desirable. I was told if it if it looks too good, then it is. Uh, if it uh, if it if it's the deal of a lifetime, I got some land that I'm going to sell you in Florida. It, matter of fact, it, it's a cash, it's a one-time deal. Give me cash right now. And I, I'm going to give you the deeds. Matter of fact, I'm going to sit down and I'm going to give me a sheet of paper. I'm going to draw the deed up right now. 
but you you give me some money and I'm going to put this address down there and you can and when you get to Florida you, you have some land there if it sounds too good to be true you need to walk away from it it, it needs further investigation I candy has wrecked many relationships many lives as we see here as far as the fruit being an apple is as mythical as a unicorn a leprechaun or any pot of gold at the end of the rainbow now permission freedom was given to enjoy all the trees in the garden with the exception of one you could enjoy all the trees Man, look at that. Look at the fruit. Look at that fruit over there. Man, look at the size of that. Wow, look, look, at, look at that tree over there. Man, uh, you know, God showed him what he could enjoy and pointed out to him what not to touch, not to eat of. There is an exception here. Now, I want you, while all the other animals were, were frolicking, being frisky, romping around, doing whatever the animals were doing in the garden, the serpent chose to engage Eve. Someone uh, not like him. He should have been off talking to another serpent. But instead, he wanted to talk to Eve. The other creepy things was off creeping. Files of the air was being files and bunnies was being bunnies, so to speak. And, but he wanted to talk about God's plan to Eve. Talking was obviously not restricted because he had a voice. The woman did not think it to be strange that the serpent was talking to her. Now, don't, don't think it's strange. We don't think it's strange when we listen to birds talk to us or when we um, say things to the point where our um, other, I want to say other family members, because I felt like Butch was part of the family butch was someone that a little boy uh, was selling puppies and i took one of the puppies that was about six weeks old and we nurtured him and butch was was just part of the home and butch uh, understood english because that's what we speak english you know, Butch had a good understanding that if we gave him a, a waffle I mean, he would always sit by the door when waffles was being made and we gave him a waffle and said hot after his first experience he, he didn't reach down and, and, and touch it he waited a moment butch knew if we were frying chicken wings and we take that little part of the winget off the uh, that that he would uh he knew he was going to have a, a plate full of those little winget parts of the wings and he would sit there. Butch understood English very well. He knew his name in English. And so there's no strange thing. It, just like you see where, where uh, other animals are 
mirroring or mimicking uh, what they hear. Balaam's ass spoke to him. God loosed his tongue, gave permission, and so he spoke. So it was no strange thing for Eve to be having this conversation with the serpent. Eve was just as intelligent as Adam. So she had options. She had options, but chose not to execute them. Ladies, gentlemen, oh, you need to exercise your option, not excuse them. You, you need to save yourself. As the Apostle Peter said, they said, men and brethren, what shall we do to be saved? And P Peter told them, what they needed to do on the day of Pentecost, Acts 2, 38. But he also said, with many other words, with much more vernacular phrases, he said, save yourself from this untorn generation. That's what we're to do, save ourselves. Eve did not think about saving herself. She could have taken control of the conversation since she was the dominant one, but she didn't. She could have told her husband what was happening, but she didn't. She could have built and nurtured a greater relationship with God, but she didn't. The serpent was more crafty than the beast of the field, but the serpent was not smarter than Adam and Eve. At least I don't think so. I don't know of any evidence that he was smarter. No. Influence? Yes. Serpent smarter? No. Serpent influence? Yes. Influenced by who? Deception is the action of obtaining something by trickery. 1 Timothy 2, 13, 14 says, for Adam was first formed, then Eve, and Adam was not deceived. But the woman being deceived was in the transgression. So uh, because of the deception, she sinned. Adam was not deceived, gentlemen. For God knows that in the day ye eat thereof, then your eyes shall be open and ye shall be as gods, knowing good and evil. Adam was not deceived. Ladies, get that. Well, Dad, why are you so hard on him? Why do you have to cross-examine him? Because he's not deceived. I'm not saying you're deceived, but Dad is not deceived. What the serpent said was true, but it was not his permission to give. Mm. It preceded the permissive will and divine timeline of God. Now that's for later teaching. I'm not going to stay there tonight. There is a revelation, revelatory knowledge but it should be 
only ingested at the designated time. In other words, you can't give everything to everyone. It's not meant for that moment at that time. Uh, we there used to be a popular word called rhema that people you know, oh I got a rhema word you know we should hear that a lot. Rhema is always backed up by the word of God. Someone has a special word to give you and it's not backed up by the word of God. There's a problem. If that rhema word quote unquote air quotes here is not validated by the word of God, then I have to give you Galatians one. Eight, nine says, but though we or an angel from heaven preach any other gospel unto you than that we have preached unto you, let him be accursed. So what the word of God says. Now, I don't care how they quicken, how they have practiced they dance, how charismatic they might seem. If it is not of the word of God, they are a cursed person. What they're spewing out is cursed. As we have said before, so say I now again. If any man preach any of the gospel unto you, then that ye have received, let him be a curse. So it doesn't matter if it's a man, if it's a woman, if it is a spiritual being that comes with a message, if it is not of God, it is a curse. It's a curse. There is a difference between not knowing and knowing. There's a difference in knowing and being deceived. Sunday, I talked about replacing Jesus with church. Mm -hmm. Replacing Jesus with religion, spiritualism. Those things are deceptive. But Jesus is the truth, the light and the life. Uh, John 14 and 6 says, Jesus said unto him, I am the way, the truth, the light. No man cometh unto the Father, but by me. Six verse says, and when the woman saw that there was, that the tree was good for food and that it was pleasant to the eyes and a tree to be desired to make one wise, she took of the fruit thereof and did eat and gave also unto her husband with her and he did eat. It looked good, it looked pleasant, desirable. So she took it and she bit it, then gave it to her husband who was standing by and did nothing. Well, he did, he took a bite of it too. And a lot went wrong. There's a lot that was going wrong there as I believe we all can agree upon. The woman became fixated on the tree, the appearance, the, the fruit, and what it could do. So she took some and ate it. Then she gave the same to her husband, Adam, who was with her, and he ate it. Gentlemen, brothers, brothers! 
the responsibility of Eve's deception rest upon her husband who was standing by. How could you allow that to happen? How could you stand by knowing that there's some shenanigans going on and not say nothing? Of course, it is eventually going to be uh, the other individual's decision uh, it, how, if they let it continue, but you as the protector, as the minister, as the dominant one in this instance, have a responsibility not to go along with what you know is uh, not culture, what you know is not correct, what you know should not be done. You have to stand up and say something. And so that responsibility, he was there, he was watching, he was listening. He was not deceived. He understood exactly what was happening and did nothing. It's a sad moment in our history. Sad moment for humanity because sin was ushered in by one man. Thank God for Jesus Christ where righteousness has been ushered in. The Bible said, in the presence of the Lord is the fullness of joy. So no matter what I, I do, I know now that being in the presence of the Lord is a fullness of joy. I'll, I'll come back to that in just a moment. We have a responsibility, gentlemen, to show up mentally, emotionally, and physically and protect. Adam was there. Adam had full knowledge. Adam was not deceived. 1 Timothy 2 and 14 uh, makes that very plain. Things begin to spiral out of control because Adam and Eve were told to take dominion over those things, and they did not. They went with the exception. Let's not go with the exception. Let's not chase a rainbow and thinking it's a pot of gold at the end. Let's... Stay focused on what needs to be done. Things begin to spiral out of control and Eve control the, the man and the woman experience something that neither of them had ever experienced before. Remember, we started out, we the, the scripture 2 and 25 of, of Genesis said, and they were both naked, the man and the woman, and they were not ashamed. But now we see that where they went with the exception of things, they went chasing after a rainbow that that did not exist. Mm -hmm. You know that the rainbow. Let me let me mention this too. About some years ago, I saw a movie. It was pretty scary to me. Uh, a gentleman was sick in the hospital, and at that time, you know, we are very advanced in medicine now, where we were not then. And so they labeled him, tagged him as being dead. And so they put him in a coffin, sealed it up. And they were actually lowering the coffin in the ground when he woke and realized that he was in a box and was not knowing what the true conditions were, but he was about to be buried alive. He was not dead, but yet he was being buried. 
when we follow the exception, when we disobey what God is saying, when we say, well, as the serpent told Eve, you're not surely going to die. Well, the Bible said, and their eyes was open, both of them, both were open. They came, they, they woke up. They woke up to a new environment, a new situation, and they knew they were naked. And they sewed fig leaves together and made themselves aprons. Why? Because they were ashamed. The garment of righteousness that covered them had been taken away. That was his plan all along. Let me strip the righteousness off of them, strip the holiness off of them. Why? Because the influence that was, was embodying that serpent had lost its place. Don't allow the enemy to cause you to lose your place. And so I'm going to, I'm going to stop right there. You know, certainly thank God for everyone that have, that have listened in and, you know, um, one thing I learned is that behind smiles, there are frowns behind laughter. There's crying. you know, people self sedate because they're trying to change, alter where they are for that moment. But I found that, that when I submitted myself to the Lord, as you've heard me say, then I, in his presence, I found a fullness of joy. I found something that I had not found when I was self-sedating. I found something I had not found when I was hanging out, being a comic myself. I found something. And so brother, in answer to your question, there's a whole lot of funny stuff that's going on. And so, and so we do laugh and talk about some funny things that, 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 cause God himself even laughed. But you know, this is a Bible lesson on Tuesday nights. This is Pastor Carl Henderson. I want to thank you for joining in and for listening. You know, God bless you for hanging with us. You know, God bless everyone for hanging this evening. Continue to pray for me as I pray for you. And don't go chasing a rainbow. If someone trying to sell you a bowl, trying to get you to, uh, to, to indulge in a bowl of Skittles, say, no, Pastor Carl said, don't do that. There's no pot of gold there. Not at all. Continue to, to pray for me as I'm praying for you. Be blessed. The Lord say the same. We'll be back on Thursday in our open discussion. Uh, and uh, we'll be talking about uh, some good stuff. Uh, until then, uh, tell somebody. Tell somebody. Leave those Skittles alone. Now may the grace of God and the sweet communion of the Holy Ghost rest from the body, henceforth, now, and forevermore.